scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. I'm feeling it. You ever, uh, you ever hear death groups? Uh, I mean, probably. There's this really great video I like to watch when I'm sad, and it's someone playing through, I think it's Rust, the online game where it's just people running around in, like, deserts and forests and shit, and the video is the guy, one of the characters, one of the online players, in the distance, comes running towards the current player. And as he gets closer, you realize there's a stampede of fucking animals chasing him. But they're not chasing him. They're following him. Because booming out of that player's speaker is death grips. I'm feeling it. And they are just <laughs> stampeding after him. This like player is just like, just watches it fucking happen. Just from left to right. Oh man, never ceases to make me smile. I can't say that I have uh, witnessed this. I'm cutting it, but <laughs> but, okay. I'm but I'm okay. showing you. It's called "Oh shit, I'm feeling it." Oh shit, I'm feeling it. <laughs> and they just go off into the fucking distance, like never to be seen again. Just chasing it's, him forever. It's fun shit like that that I'm experiencing currently on Sea of Thieves. Huh. I am having so much fucking fun talking like a fucking Scottish pirate and just drunk, getting drunk on people's ships, throwing up everywhere, <laughs> and then being like, I'm fucking sorry, laddie, I can't fucking hold it in. And, uh, and people eat that shit up, specifically when you commit. I've been thinking about streaming it, but I don't know what I'm gonna, like... <laughs> what, what was, uh... Franz McBoo who had an idea for us to, like, start streaming us playing games, but as, like... Like, no video, no cam of us playing, but, like, <laughs> it would very... It would be us talking. So, uh, I think he called it, um... Instead of lots of pasta... <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna fuck it up, because I don't remember. <laughs> he had, like, a really good fucking name for, uh, if we started streaming. And, uh, I've always thought about it, because when when we play Friday the 13th, when we play Sea of Thieves, like, oh my god. Some yeah. funny shit just fucking happens. I think a lot of us, uh, just in, in this type of... Uh, creative environment, like the people that get involved with the, the types of things that you and I do, uh, a, a lot of those people consider streaming a lot. Uh, I've considered it. Uh, I would what do would you stream? Magic the Gathering. Yes, you would. Yes, I would. Um, I so recently, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna nerd out for just a moment here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, there's this thing on Magic Online called Going Infinite. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making money, mm -hmm. but it means that you are no longer putting money into the game. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I have recently gone infinite for... Fuck yeah. Like, multiple months. That's awesome. Yeah, so, like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, 
I'm doing tournaments and I'm making like, you know, like pennies on the dollar, but like I'm making profit and able sure. to turn that into more tournament entries. I can't like actually cash out. Like, I, you know, I could at like a 40% like, you know, loss type situation, but I'm able to continue to play. That's still and fucking awesome. Yeah, like that's that's the goal is just to keep on playing, keep on playing, keep on playing. And because I throw so much fucking money at this game. Yeah, I've like, seen. Yeah. But uh, like, have I been sending you the Snapchats of the boxes I've been buying? Yeah. Do I'm you, pretty sure. Do you, so when you see a, a box, which I have four now, uh, do you comprehend the amount of money invested into that box? A couple hundred bucks? Uh, between one to two to three. Yeah. Um, most of the ones that I have are in that one and a half to two, and I'm actually investing them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not planning on opening these boxes. I'm planning on sitting on these boxes, and four or five years down the road, these boxes are going to be worth more money than what I paid to, to, to obtain them. Um, so that, I've been... That's been, a long con. It is. But you're, but you're gonna... I'm you're so gonna get committed. Some net, you're gonna get some net profit. Yeah, I mean, I've done it with actual cards in the game. Yeah. Too, like... And that's just part of playing for as long as I have. Yeah. Like, so now I'm just, like, stepping it up a level. I, uh, I played Magic for about two months. <laughs> I, I remember. You had a, uh, I, I probably remember more about what you played than you do. Uh, you had a black-blue Tezzeret deck because you had opened, like, one Tezzeret uh, from a booster pack. I got a couple I got a couple okay. boosters, but they yeah. all had, you know, a higher level. Yeah, they uh, had mythic rares. Yes. Yes. And the... I was told how to use them, and I yes, and I tried. Mm. <laughs> and you then, had a very uh, good deck that I was jealous of, um, because I could not have afforded to go out and purchase those. Mm -hmm. uh, the fucking it was Tezzeret, and they were randos. Yeah, I didn't invest yeah. any money so, into it. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it was short lived, and that's a shout to Tom Bongbadil because he uh, he built that deck for me. I'm yes, he did. Sure. Him and, and I um, still play I, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I do remember. Uh, I remember what they looked like, <laughs> and I vaguely remember how to play. Vaguely. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a card game, <laughs> so it's one of those like it takes you five minutes to understand the basics of what you're doing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, like, complicated, but it takes you, like, five years to understand to what good. the fuck is going on. Not even to, to be, be good. To be like, good. not even to be good to understand what you're doing. Sure, sure. Um, and, like, to be good, like, I, I'm not good. And yeah, I, I would say you are, with uh, the whole infinite thing. That doesn't mean I'm good. That means I'm... Consistent? Yes. That seems to be my favorite word today. It does, but <laughs> it, it has been very fitting. I was saying that, um... I was saying earlier that ever since we went pro on SoundCloud, which this will have been, this started in 70, we went pro at 70 and I uploaded the entire catalog there. Huh. The entire master catalog is now on SoundCloud. I am paying to do this. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is 91. This is episode 91 uh, with Where Am I? Where Am I? And uh, I was saying that one of the things that I think has gotten us, like, twice as many listens in, like, a week's time is just consistency. And we just seem to stick to some good stories, yeah. just interesting 
full episode stories and just getting them out there. And people are just, like, real fucking into it. I think uh, the Goatman episode is blowing up. That's a solid fucking episode. That is one of my favorites, yeah. Shout out to Gestalt for that one. Sir Booberry's episodes are always super good. And 72 is no exception. We do something, like, very supernatural-ish. But it's just one long fucking story. And I think that's the first time he does that with me. Just one long one. And that's actually going to be interesting because... Technically, if the if the listener can figure out the timeline, uh, that will come out next Friday. So I haven't heard seventy two yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've been um, raving about it all night. So yeah, now I'm yeah. excited. Dad Stapes is super fun because it does some really unexpected things, like some real. Um, you're in the you're going into the final act, and they introduce a fucking final act twist, and you're just huh. like, this fucking changes things. Yeah. And it's and it's one where. Um, you're constantly second-guessing the point. It's kind of like Cube. Anyway, um, I mean, it's not... It is thematically <laughs> nothing like Cube. It is just... It had me trying to figure out the purpose. And, like, a movie hasn't done that real well since Cube. <laughs> so, like, the story elicits the same emotions from me. That's all I'm saying. Huh. You ever see Cube? I have. I've, Fun time. Uh, I, I believe I've only seen it once. Uh, it was 100% on this couch. Yeah. Um, or at least th- this position. In this we? room. Yeah, so it was in this room. Um, and it was most certainly early enough in the morning that I understand the concept of what happens in the movie, but if you ask me any specifics, I will say, uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, Canadian. I feel like not a lot of people know about it. So I'm just going to talk about it a little bit. Um, that Cana- is fair. Canadian uh, art house horror from the fucking 90s. A streamer I follow, Ohm Wrecker, recently played a game um, that is literally cute. It's like four people get dropped into a room with four doors, in, and it's all kind of weird techno-y. Okay. And uh, through each door, they have the option to throw their shoes and see if the room is trapped, and if it's not, they're basically racing to get to the finish point. Yeah. Um, And it's not called Cube or anything like that, but God knows that they literally took the premise (laughs) of Cube and turned it into a fucking game. Um, I just need to get the title. What was this fucking game called? Oh my god. I can't fucking find it. Ah shit, I'm feeling it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking stoned. Okay, so the the game I've been trying to fucking think of for the past five fucking minutes is called Half Dead, and it's four people, premise of Cube, hilarity ensues, because the room traps are really funny, and you could kind of push people into them and run past them, and, you know, sometimes it just fucks everyone, and everyone just starts from the top, and it seems to be the kind of thing where it's like, you play it for maybe an hour a night with three funny people... And uh, it would probably get old after like a week. <laughs> so, fair enough. Fair enough. But um, but it's but it's it's funny enough that maybe you come back to it like once a month. You know, it's kind of like Friday the Thirteenth. The game never changes. It's the people that do, and you never know what kind of outcome you're gonna have because sometimes the Jason is real shit, and you're having a fun time just running around and shitting on his face, and the other times. 
Jason's real good. He's not letting up. And you're they're like, he's you're the first one he fucking finds. There, there's always so many different ways the game can go, and that's the same kind of way Half Dead is because it's like each person is checking like a different direction to like start the game and like throwing boots. Sometimes if their room is trapped and they lose a boot, they just run into someone else's fucking room, not knowing if it's a trap or not. And like it, it's different every time, you know. Different yeah, start off room, yeah. different different loadout room. Um, the, but yeah, the it's just randomizer. super fucking. It's it's a rat maze, you know. Yeah. It's fucking. It's funny. But anyway, this is Lots of Frosta. This is episode ninety one. And um, where am I? Where am I? And I are going to read uh, two stories on this episode, which is the first time we ever really divvied the actions, but I th- I think we can make something fun out of it. Yeah. I mean, we always we always make something fun out of Yeah, I'm know, just saying, like, maybe, maybe there's... Absolutely. I was just thinking maybe there's a way uh, we could do voices or something. Yeah, I was actually... I was listening to my last episode on the drive up here. And, uh, yeah, your episode timeline wise, uh, his last episode, which was 71 was just released today. Mm -hmm. So we're recording 91, 71. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a really funny story because 20 weeks ago, time travel. Yeah. Well, I had to get my brand new phone from my mom and I was going to do it on Wednesday when I had the snow day, you know, hang out with my family, blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't able to do that because there was a snowstorm and I wasn't about to drive through a snowstorm. Yeah. So you send me the the message you send every Friday, like, here's the episode, here's your link, you're, you're live, ready to go. And I'm planning on coming up tonight with the sole purpose of picking up a cell phone and driving back. Because <laughs> at this point... Like, it sounds I, so shitty. Yeah, well, I have to mail the old one... Back yeah, to I've them. done that before. So it's like the online I, up, up, upgrades. Yeah, I was I was on a time crunch because it came on Monday, which like would have been fine if we hadn't had the snowstorm. But now all of a sudden, like it's like okay, if I don't do this Friday night, like I have that takes up my whole day Sunday. And to be honest, I would rather lose a Friday night than spend all day Sunday with my parents. I absolutely yeah understand so, that. So I was like okay. Uh, you sent me the, the link, and I said, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> and you said, yo. You know, at the time, I had plans, but yeah. plans very quickly deteriorated when I when I just followed up on them. Yeah. So I, I hang out with Disco D every Friday. That's that's when we, we do our thing. Um, we get high, and we watch <laughs> Spongebob, and we eat pizza, or Wawa. And then we play Mario Party because we're huh. thirteen. <laughs> yes, he and Being I. Child is wonderful. He and I are thirteen-year-olds, and that's why we rewatched all seven fucking seasons of Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is where his Disco Dracula dance music comes from. <laughs> oh, his, uh, he he doesn't record as much anymore because he is literally so mad by the time he gets to my house at like eight yeah. on a Friday and has to work at like eight on Saturday. <laughs> He's just always like, I don't want to go to work. Yeah. And I feel for you, bud. I really do. Uh-huh. I work tomorrow. I do. I also work tomorrow and yeah. I have a morning meeting that I'm not allowed to be late to. Right. Yeah. Cause they threatened us real hard yesterday. Cause the one girl was like super late. So they were like, yo, if you're like, we, I don't clock in. 
I don't clock in. Like I just, I show up and I'm good to go. And they were like, yo, if you're late, I'm docking your pay. Mm-hmm. And like, this was like the, I'm cracking down the whip. So now I, I fucking, uh, I mean, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, but I've been there. Yeah. I worked for, um, I worked for a, I I'll like... just, I'll just loosely say pharmaceutical company <laughs> and, um, they needed everyone to be on sh- their shipping times. Like they meant to the fucking minute. Yeah. And no one gave a shit. So many people got fired. <laughs> so yeah. many people got fired before we very quickly learned that break time is break time and we have to be back at a literal minute. Yeah. Yeah, you learned that shit. But I mean you you'll get it. You're good. Uh, You're good. Yeah. Um and in, in like two weeks it'll be fine again. No, I, I absolutely yeah. understand. Yeah. It's just like yeah. tomorrow is my life. People just go through like the the management just goes through you know, they get their ass reamed out for not getting numbers, and they have to press down at a certain time, but the minute those yep. numbers are increased, they don't give a shit anymore. Yep. Yeah, I, I absolutely feel you. The, the Industries work the same. Capitalism. Yeah, they do. Um, anyway, we, uh, we're reading two stories tonight, and the first one we're going to read is called I Don't Sleep Anymore, and I relate to this. <laughs> I was going to say, this, this sounds like my life. I relate to this heavily, yeah. and um, I could chalk that up to the, uh, I had a night job for two years, but I mean, even before that, I used to, like, sneak out of the fucking house at, like, midnight and have sex till, like, 3 a.m. and fall asleep in my ex's bed and then drive back home and then go to high school class that morning um that was like two hour nights and i i did that to myself absolutely uh for the vagine in in middle school <laughs> i would go to bed around midnight one o'clock in the morning and i would wake up at four thirty in the morning why i don't fucking know yeah man i did that all throughout i middle remember school. junior high we had an earlier wake-up time so like my wake-up time was like six yeah whereas high school it was like seven yeah so like so yeah 4 30 wasn't like that strange compared to like no. i would have been up at six anyway but, but what would you do watch tv see i like i would game i would find yeah. reasons to game in the morning honestly i would wake up early just to like play something because i knew i wasn't fucking playing it last night but you know what i was watching what were you watching? Like fucking Teletubbies. Oh, dude. Were you high? No, I was like 13. Oh, come on. I was like, yo, cigarettes are cool, man. <laughs> like, Teletubbies are ironic. <laughs> no, they're not. It's a children's I, I show. Know. <laughs> I realize this now. <laughs> but at 13 years old, I thought I was the fucking coolest, man. No, dude, I... Uh, I mean, you were the coolest. I was the coolest to absolutely nobody, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> Oh, come on, man. I, like I, I had a wonderful childhood. Um, and Say high school was fun. Uh, I would never want to do it again, but sure. You had a rough start. I, I had a rough life. <laughs> I like, didn't want to go yeah, there. <laughs> like, if we're being honest, I found it out at 13 years old that I was bipolar. Yeah. I had a rough life. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, I mean, obviously shit gets better, but it took a long time to get better. It took a long time to get better. 
I feel you. I wasn't uh, diagnosed. That's a word. Yeah. That mattered. <laughs> uh, till I was 19. And that was uh, that was kind of forced upon me, where I just thought I had, like, depression. But, I mean, the two go hand in hand. Yeah. Because uh, the, well, the switches. They knew right away with me. Like, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, and certain... I'm like my brother's never, my yeah. brother has never been, but confirmed <laughs> yeah. by me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, hereditary. Yes. For me, it's like all the guys on my dad's side of the family. It's oh. just for me. It's fucking uh, all of them. I mean, she she will not admit to this, and I would not admit to this openly. But my mother is bipolar. Oh, I mean, my mother's got something going on. Yeah. I know she's fucking schizo in some goddamn way, but she'll never admit it. Not yep. until she's old and actually schizo. Uh, my mom probably still wouldn't. <sighs> she Moms! She doesn't... Gotta love them. <laughs> yeah. Back to the story. <laughs> I don't sleep anymore, and I would actually blame my mother for several reasons why I don't <laughs> sleep anymore, um, but I don't, and I, I don't know what to chalk it up to anymore. Maybe it's because I feel like I don't... my I feel like my time is so much more precious now, so I spend much more of it awake doing things I like, and I often come to regret them, like recording till 2 o'clock in the morning with someone. Yeah. You know, like, didn't regret it at the time, but then I would stay up till, like, four just because I had night things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Things on, like, a internal docket, you know, like a schedule I kept. I don't know. There's just times where I stay up till fucking six o'clock in the morning playing a fucking video game. Who, who fucking knows? And I work at nine, so it's like... Yeah. Hour of sleep? Hour and a half of sleep? <laughs> What's life? We're, we're going anyway, yeah. What's life? You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't sleep anymore. You, what, what would you do? Is that like a thing that you feel now? I actually feel not sleeping now. Or was it something you got through? I mean, I, I have spouts of insomnia. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think that my, I can control my insomnia a a lot better now. And like, well, yes, I get less sleep than the average person. I get more sleep than I used to. Mm -hmm. And I, I can go back to that. Like, a rhythmic, like, you know, not sleeping all the time, like, very easily, but, like, if I uh, go through the motions and, like, the breathing exercises and the, all the, the fucking whatever bullshit they yeah. tell you to do, yeah. like, you know, I actually get consistent sleep. Yeah. I worked a night job, and it got me home by, like, one thirty, and I would fall asleep by, like, 3. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be expected to be back till 3 the next day. So that was the Sounds most. Like that was the yeah. most fucking sleep I ever had in my life because I would sleep then, from like maybe six to two or like three to eleven. It was fucking sweet. I would wake up at like lunchtime, and yeah. eat like a fucking egg, and then like play a video game for two hours, and then go to work for like nine hours. Yep. And kind of hate it, but like it paid a lot, so I was like, fuck. My sleep was real fucking good, and now my sleep went to shit because school. I go from my night job to having to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Because I just went back to school like that. What time do you get up for work? Tomorrow I'll get up at 7.30. Yeah, that's a kick in the nuts. I mean, it's not that bad. I've what had time do you go to sleep? Course. I try and put myself 
in a situation where I can fall asleep by midnight. That's not happening tonight. Oh, no, tonight, not at all. <laughs> no, yeah. that's... To, to, I'm fully aware, like, I'm, I'm going to blast a bunch of Adderall in the morning, and I'll be fine. Yeah. It's one of those Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, we're having a, what's called a mailer, uh, so they're expecting a ton of people, so I'm going to be very, very busy, so I want a little extra nudge. Focus. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then to combat the tiredness. I was literally just telling someone that you just, you and Adderall, they're just like, they're good friends. <laughs> yes, we are. We, we have been for a he very long like, time. He was like, can he get me some? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I, I can. Uh, I don't like to do large amounts because yeah. I, I like them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I, the minute you said it, I was just like, he wants it for himself. Yeah. Is that, That's and okay I, because it's for him. Yeah, and I don't do it every day because I have done it every day, and I like. It'll fuck I, you up. I stop sleeping. Yeah, it'll fuck you up. Um, I, I've absolutely seen that. So I have space to do, cowboy. Shout yeah. out Adderall. <laughs> you probably wouldn't like that. Uh, anyway, we're reading something called "I Don't Sleep Anymore," and Adderall will do that to you. Uh, this yeah. is from Reddit No Sleep. Ramiel. 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 It sounds funny. Yeah, it's well, like someone saying Daniel. Yeah, because uh, last stupid. time you were saying like Mickey and I was, or you were saying Mikey and I was saying Mickey, but like I was fixated on Mickey, so I like couldn't change. The funny thing is that motherfucker put in C's sometimes, <laughs> so yeah. like it's not like you were wrong. Yeah, he just wasn't consistent. Yeah, yeah. Word um, of the night. So I just wanted to be try and Ramiel. be consistent. Yeah, Ramiel. Cool. As American as possible, Sarah Palin, Ramiel. Ramuel, my name is Ramuel. I want you to read this right before you go to sleep. Trust me, it's, it's better, better this, this way. way. That's exactly, it's the best way to start a fucking story. You're gonna fucking hate me. If it's the middle of the day for you, perhaps you're not quite tired yet. Bookmark this and read it when your eyes are starting to itch with tiredness, but you're not nodding off yet. I don't want you to forget about what you read. I'm on the tall, skinny side of my Arabic family. Guess I take after my mom in that respect. Though I'm pretty sure she didn't have this much facial hair. Perfect. Uh, she named me after an angel that is responsible for divine visions. I wonder if she knew how right on the money she was. Why does my name and physical features matter? I suppose it doesn't. But if I'm going to share something this personal with strangers, for help or some kind of catharsis, I'd rather you had a, a good idea who I am and not just a blank slate. I don't want you to forget me when this is over. The thing the rapist says all the time. Really? <laughs> it's just like a really dark gallo humor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Something the rapist would say. Yeah. I, I thought you were being like statistically correct and I was like, I don't know any rapists. Let me get my pipe real quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know any rapists. It's like, unless you're trying to tell me something. Oops. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. <laughs> Before we begin, here's an interesting fact to wrap your head around. Your brain produces an extremely high amount of psychedelic compound called DMT. I'm not going to pronounce that. Dimethyltryptamine. Good enough. Uh, two times in your life. Once when you were born, 
to cope with the pressure it puts on your fragile infant body during the painful process of birth, and once again when you are seconds from dying, to ease the burdens it puts on your body and mind as they both shut down for the very last time. That's fucking nuts. This is often why people claim this is often why people claim to see their loved ones who have long passed on their side, bright lights from the sky or feelings of elevation. The process is so strong that it has the capabilities to erase everything in your mind, like a mass wipe of your hard drive. Now you might think that this isn't too important if you're just starting out your life or simultaneously moments away from it coming to an end, uh, but I ask you to entertain the notion that you possess a soul or an inner essence of sorts. What if that soul, that consciousness, that essence of you simply continued on? without the knowledge of a past existence? What if, at the moment of death, you saw something so undeniably horrifying and inconceivable, something you'd only seen in fleeting dreams and nightmares throughout your life, that your brain compensates in the only way it knows how, by erasing any prior memory of it, before allowing what makes you, you, continue on to the next stages of whatever is out there? your brain's last failsafe, a defense mechanism to ensure that you won't carry the burden with you. But like any kind of defense mechanism, there's always a bypass, and there's always a black box. So what do you what do you think of the premise so far? I, I mean, it sounds to me like this is a spirit telling the story that, like, you know, like the, the black box. Remembering a prior life? Yes. You know, he, he figured out his prior life, and now he's... I do like the idea of some kind of cosmic fucking horror that the human witnesses when their soul transcends. I think that the idea that we are picked up like hard drives, erased and then placed back down, and what we witness in that erase and back down period is so cosmically fucking horrifying that cool. it's, it served us a purpose of continuing to exist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it That's sounds like The Matrix. Cool. I was gonna say it's a mix. I absolutely yeah. thought The Matrix. Yeah. I say it's 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 a mix of almost a... The Matrix, but it's also like... Um, I think it's called The Beyond. It's the guy who did Reanimator, and it's... Uh, it, it clearly has Lovecraftian... Um, huh. Or from beyond, it has like Lovecraftian notions. Yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, it's literally just a guy who wants to like transcend and see the next, you know, side, the other side, mm -hmm. and like he realizes there are monsters there, but like in a Hellraiser kind of way, he like joins them, and it's kind of and it's nuts and it makes people real horny and it's funny. Anyway, <laughs> um, if this story went that way, I mean, fuck yeah. But anyway. DMT is a chemical produced by your pineal gland, and it is responsible for us dreaming every single night. Not the reason, however. We have no idea why we dream. We just do. Inception. As soon as we enter REM sleep, our dreams become their most memorable and malleable. It is at this point we have dreams which take proper form that we can feel most real and percept to be the most acceptable. Though we seldom ever remember the dream itself, because like a drug trip, our brain is determined to protect us from that existence. But what if that isn't the only reason? Consider this. 
the older we get, we sleep considerably less hours. As babies, we sleep up to 14 hours, and by the time we hit 18, it's half that amount. What if this is a defense mechanism our brain develops so we don't spend too long in that realm? No, I'm not talking about the further from Insidious or some kind of Nightmare on Elm Street knockoff before your already horror-obsessed minds make some kind of parallel to an existing franchise for comfort or relatable aspects. From beyond. You're still very much within your own mind. But there's something else there with you. Now I ask you to suspend all beliefs or non-beliefs. The Matrix. And read on to hear my story and why I no longer sleep and why, despite being an atheist, I pray to something, anything. Hell, even Hypnos would be a welcome evil right now. That should my mind succumb to sleep and my body fail me that I don't dream. I'm a counselor at a local university. I took on the job in September of last year as a ditch effort to bump up my resume and reduce rent through living on campus. Uh, it was your usual run-of-the-mill kind of work. Uh, I talked to terrified first-years who'd never lived away from home before and were simply not used to their newfound freedom, dealing with homesickness, new friendships, one-night stands, etc. The second years were dealing with social troubles within their houses slash apartments, deadlines mounting and the occasional unplanned pregnancy. The final year students were typically near breakdown over the disorientations and end of year exams, so you'd offer them all the appropriate advice and your own experiences at the university as an example and then ultimately hope it all sinks in. If not, well, there's always next week and beyond that, a private therapist. But, like all forms of employment that deal with face-to-face -face interactions, there's also one encounter that you never forget. For me, it was Milo Morgana, a second-year student. <laughs> Moraga. Moraga. Milo Moraga, a second-year student studying psychology and physiology. <laughs> Philosophy. Philosophy. Oh, fuck. I'm stoned, man. I'm fucking stoned. You've been like... You've been, <laughs> I've been muddling through. You've been consistently just changing words like every paragraph. Yeah. And it's like you haven't been like totally far off. Yeah, like it, it's your like, mind just kind of yeah, like, sees one thing says a different. You you understand the point, you don't understand why it's fucking weird, but But psychology and philosophy matters. <laughs> yes. So uh, a uh, Milo Moraga, a second-year student studying psychology and what, what the fuck word is that? Philosophy? Philosophy. Yeah, philo psychology and philosophy. The first time he came into my office, he struck me as a little bit gaunt. His striped long-sleeve top hanging off him like it stretched out in the wash. Strung out, but shy. That would have been my first impression. And I think he sensed my preconceived notions avoiding making eye contact with me as he shuffled inside. He was apprehensive, sleep-deprived, his hair greasy under a black beanie, and his eyes laden with heavy dark bags underneath like someone who had put eyeliner on while he slept. He sat down, glancing around at the windows and leant forward, cracking his knuckles and rubbing his hands over one another hastily. Hello, Milo. How can I help you? 
I understand you asked for this appointment because of anxiety. Uh, do, do you want to tell me about that? I looked through the brief set of notes the receptionist gave me and tried to study as best I could while he spoke. Nothing that would ultimately help me discern the problem. It just gave him time to compose himself. He didn't respond. Just kept shuffling in his chair. I guess he wasn't 100% sure he could come here. Your lecturer sent you here, didn't they? I said bluntly, feeling a slight headache came on as I felt an awkward 30-minute session rearing its ugly, monstrous head. He nodded. But I noticed something in, the, in that moment that made me think there was more to it. His expression was almost like he was pleading for his life as he quickly nodded. Uh, I leaned forward, placing my hands under my chin and up to my lips as I observed him. I had to be very careful with how I handled this. If he was suicidal, one wrong statement could leave him with a noose around his neck. Milo, what happened in the classroom to get you here? Can you tell me that much? He mimicked me, leaning forward as well, though his posture was furthest parallel from my own. Uh, it looked like his spirit was broken. The lecturer, Miss Armstrong? She was talking about solophism, and I, I just lost within it. Do you know what silophism is? Silopsism. Silo. Do you? There's solipsism. Solipsism. I don't know what that is. I okay. don't. So. Um, so the. It sounds I, like we're about to find out. Yeah. The solop. Solipsism. Solipsism. I did, but I shook my head. I didn't want to interrupt him when he was being so open. It's the philosophical belief that everything an individual perceives is only in his own mind. Matrix. It is a construct of his own psyche. There is no other human beings, no other individual thoughts, just his or her own. I guess I found the idea kind of comforting and I broke down. I raised an eyebrow. That's certainly not a usual response. Comforting, Milo? You mean to say you enjoy being alone and isolated? N no. The opposite, actually. I have a lovely group of friends, a loving family, a fiance, uh, but it was comforting for another reason. If it's just me, then what hurts me is just me. I know what I'm capable of, and it makes any kinds of threats a mute point. It means that, that he put his hands up to his mouth and began crying silently. The picture of this situation was getting uglier and murkier the more he explained. It means that I might not die after all. I rolled up my sleeves, my flannel shirt already beginning to chafe me. First signs of stress, I suppose. I looked down at my charm bracelet my wife bought me and took a deep breath in. I knew this was going to be rough. It's... it's my dreams, Doc. There's something in my dreams. I can't sleep anymore. Each time I do it, 
It's like I can sense I'm going into that place again, journeying deeper into the void with every evening. Uh, I've tried taking coffee, shitloads of Red Bull, and any cheap ass energy drinks I can get my hands on. I even took those pills truckers take so I would can stay wired for 18 hours, but well, you, you know the problem, right doc? He looked down and started rubbing his hands together, his knees bouncing as he struggled to keep it under his control. Withdrawal symptoms combined with sleep deprivation. This kid was getting more tweaked by the minute. The problem being that we all have to sleep eventually, no matter how long we put it off. I exhaled. Milo, I want you to start at the beginning. I know you're anxious to get some kind of help, but if I don't know the route of the problem, I can't give you the correct advice, okay? Now, I want you to take in three deep breaths. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Can you do that for me? And you don't need to call me Doc. I'm just a volunteer counselor. You can call me Rami, if you like. Rami. Rami. Ramiel. Ramiel. It's Rami. Daniel. It's Daniel. Rami. <laughs> you can call me Rami, if Rami. you like. He nodded and did as instructed, his demeanor improving slightly with each successive inhale, though this was hardly a permanent solution to his paranoia. I don't want to ask at this point how long he'd been awake for. Uh, I could tell it had been a more than a handful of days. Uh, once an individual goes past the three-day mark, uh, they will begin to lose their grip on sanity and brain cells will start to die. Really? Interesting. <laughs> I lost a lot of brain cells that way. Uh, I was silently hoping I could find the problem to this sooner rather than later. I've never made it past three days, so... Oh, I've... Yeah. I mean, like, continuously not sleeping. Like, just staying up the entire... The entire... Yeah, like, 72 hours. Yeah, the closest I've ever been was... Somewhere in the 50s. I remember passing out at... You know, like, 8 a.m. on that third day, and sleeping in, you know, a day. 75. I slept, like, 18 hours. Wow, that's fucking nuts, dude. I was in college. Um, it was, like, finals week. Yeah. And that's my record, 75. At, at some point, you stop asking what time it is, and no, you start absolutely. saying what hour. Yeah. Like, I'm on the 36th hour, dude, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, that's how you refer to time, like... You know, dude, I, at 42 hours, I need to be in this building. Like, and it just, it gets fucking loopy. Oh, I absolutely yeah. know. Yeah, sleep is a bitch. All right. Let me get a little closer. I picked up my laptop to take notes. Go ahead. Tell me when all this started off. What follows is the unedited conversation. This is verbatim what was said between the two of us ask, can I read for the guy and you continue reading the rest of the story as the narrator and the narrator's voice? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if I can find an audio if I can find the audio recording later, I will attach it to the post. Do you know much about lucid dreaming, Rami? I know a little. Uh, just that it's something practiced that allows for complete control of the dream by the dreamer. 
He nods before continuing. There's a learning curve to it. You need to lie in bed and shut out all outside sounds and impulses. The typical things, really. The sensation to scratch your arm, to roll over, to block out the voices. He stops and stared at me with fear. I didn't mean to tell you that. It's alright. Uh, we'll get to it later. Let's just focus on why and not how for the moment. Uh, what made you decide... To lucid dream in the first place. He shifted in his chair and suddenly looked very timid. I kept seeing him in my dreams. That stupid fucking Christmas sweater and that ugly ass fedora. And he had like spoons on his hands or something. I don't fucking know. He was fucking weird though. He's fucking weird, bro. Like, I swear to fucking God, dude. <laughs> At first, he'd just be a random appearance, and then he'd start to try and approach me. Friendly smile and hand outstretched. He was greeting an old friend. Never threatening or hostile, just attempting to make contact with me. Though he'd never get to, every single time I'd be distracted by something at the last second, or my dream would veer off in another direction. He shifted in the seat and closed his eyes before continuing. I remember in the first few dreams we had, he'd just be lingering in the background. If I was walking through a street, he'd just be standing with the crowd my brain created and not really reacting to anything but me. I'd see him watch me, but then my dream would shift and I guess I'd just ignore it and carry on. After a few weeks, I began getting better at controlling my dreams. I'd start to mess around with the world I was inhabiting, like Inception, I guess. But more personal. I'd turn myself into a member of X-Men, or I'd go on a date with my perfect woman, you know? Things that you can only dream of, literally. Well, that's when he started to become more apparent. I'd usually wake up before he actually got too close, but I'd always remember the look on his face before I did. His eyes widened. He always looked so angry. Former abuse victim, I thought. Adding it to the list of potential issues and solutions, I didn't want to stop him while he was on a roll. I nodded to show my attentiveness, and he continued. I still remember the first time he managed to speak to me. I was in a park I'd visited as a child with my mother. It was a small piece of heaven in London back then, a mental safe haven when things got too stressful, I guess, but this was nothing like I remembered it. The trees weren't trees, they were corpses stacked on top of one another, some overlapping and meshing with one another in unspeakable positions to form branches. I could feel the atmosphere almost turn to pure disgust as they noticed me, unstable to move or even speak to me, but their eyes, their eyes said everything. Because at first they fixated on me with hatred, then quickly away in sheer terror. They'd seen something far more terrifying than the fate they were already suffering. So... 
His eyes welled up with tears, unblinking as they streamed down his face. I looked, Rami. Rami. I looked and saw him standing some 40 feet away down the path, his head bowed. He wasn't moving, and yet he was. His body was almost rippling. The closest way I can describe it is the way a signal on a TV channel in the old days used to bend and flicker when the signal was weak, but every time I blinked he came closer. I tried for the longest time to not blink, really I did, but the brain betrays your conscious impulses. The more you try to put off a basic function, the more your brain wills you to do it. When he was ten feet away, he simply vanished. By the time I had registered that he was gone, I heard a whisper in my ear. He was standing right behind me. I could feel his breath on my neck. Rami. It didn't feel human. There was an awkward silence. He took in some deep breaths and shuddered. Obviously, reliving the memory wasn't going to be something pleasant for him. But the way he reacted, it was like he truly had experienced this. I stared at him, nodding, and silently encouraging him to continue. When he didn't, I leaned forward and quietly asked him what I'm sure he was waiting for me to ask. What did he say to you, Milo? Milo shook his head. It was literally death grips. That's what he was saying to me, Rami. It was literally like the song, and I was feeling it. Milo shook his head. I'm sorry, I don't remember. That was when the dream ended. I didn't see him again in my dreams for a while. We talked for a little while longer mainly about his anxieties and crowds and eye contact. Then our time came to an end and we scheduled an appointment for the following week. Uh, this would be our last session together. It was a Monday morning and I had just come back from a friend's wedding. My wife and I had been drinking, so by the time I had gotten to the office, I was nursing a hangover. Uh, my flannel shirt covered the bruises I'd sustained falling over my best pair of jeans smeared in alcohol uh, it was a day my mind was not in the work, I suppose. I just wanted to get home and go to sleep. Milo came in earlier than planned. He looked desperate. Uh, he was pulling at his hair, biting his fingernails, pacing constantly. Uh, it didn't look like he had seen any sleep at all. I sent a text to my colleague asking for security to come over as soon as possible. Uh, he was going to need to be sectioned off for his own safety. Uh, how on earth he'd managed to go this long without his friends or fiance doing something is beyond me. I remember what he said, Randy. I remember it clearly now. He said between pants and more nail biting. Okay, Milo. 
why don't you take a seat and we'll talk it out. He ignored that, but stopped pacing and stared intently at me. I'll be right here, always. He put his arms around himself, a self-defense mechanism, when a person's personal space has been violated. That was what he said. I heard it again and again every time I closed my eyes. And you know what I'm thinking? This motherfucker watched a lot of E.T. Because <laughs> all I'm hearing in my head is, I'll be right here. <laughs> and then it's like Snape always. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He started bashing at his temples. It won't fucking stop! All I could do at this point was try and keep talking and calm until security got here. Did this make you afraid to dream, Milo? He started laughing, his face showing the complete opposite of his vocal expression. Pure incredulity and fear on his face against the guttural sound of his manic laughter. You don't get it, do you? <laughs> he didn't mean just what I dream. He meant always. Now I know. Now I know for sure. He took a deep breath in and his demeanor shifted. He suddenly looked like a man, almost at peace. Not content, but willing to let go. Thanks for listening, Doc. Sharing this with someone was important to me. And to him. He's going to have his work cut out for him, I'm sure. And just like that, he got up and left. I followed him out, naturally concerned for him. I watched him leave the building and cross the road. Then he did something I won't ever forget. He turned to me, smiling, outstretched his hands, crying openly as a vehicle struck him. I didn't even see it coming. I was so captivated by his expression. I couldn't even bring myself to go over to his body. I gave my statement and went straight home. All I could do was look in the mirror, wondering what it was that was bothering me so much about how I looked and why Milo outstretched his hand was so disturbing to me. When I looked at myself, I didn't see a six-foot, 150-pound, brown-colored hipster. I saw and someone... That's very niche. That is such a description that I didn't need it. But anyway. Well, he also starts off at the beginning saying he wants... He wants the personality. He wants you to have that physical connection to... That's a good point. You know, he, he could have easily been nameless. Yes. He could be Jack's colon. I saw someone troubled. Someone who didn't look like they'd slept much lately. Someone like Milo. I got a phone call from the hospital later on that evening. Milo was in a coma and on life support. Whoa, he, was, he lived? Uh, he Fuck. Would, well, he was non-responsive and likely brain dead. His family were choosing to keep him on life support in lieu of their religious and moral value, views. Values would have worked. See, sometimes you're on, you know, yeah. sometimes you're on the fucking money. This is, uh, that's actually, this is actually a thing that, like, 
I've been dealing with like my whole life, and I don't oh, understand I, it. Uh, you're. It's just I think your brain's just skipping a step. Yeah. It's saying why? It's, why would I read C when D is right fucking there, man? Exactly. A B D E F G H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not... Yeah, because I mean, she's one of the first pe- people I, like, read with. Or she's the first person who had the balls to say something to me. I re- No, like, I remember even as early as when we did, like, acting classes together, there would just be these times where I'm just like, you're not saying the lines, but, like, you're saying close enough to the lines. Like, and even in, like, high school, where it's just, like, red rum. It was oh, just, like, it was yeah. just like, you're not saying the line how I wrote it, but, like, you're saying it enough like it, but yeah. I'm not upset with it. Yeah. So like, it's just, like, where am I is just gonna ad-lib his, his entire life. script. Yeah. He's just gonna ad-lib the entire script, but he has enough of an idea of what he's supposed to say at the time that I'm, like, fully confident in his skill. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've yeah. It's stuck, man. It's stuck, and it's totally it, fine. My my brain is weird, and I we all have yeah. Yeah, like it literally took me. Obviously, you noticed before I did. Yeah. Like it took me years to figure this out. I was like mm. well past college before somebody like sat down and was like, "By the way, by the way, like <laughs> you're doing this thing, reading." <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. and you're like reading. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. Uh, I think deep down, they just didn't want to let him go. I'd been asked to go into his apartment with a member of his family to see if there was anything to indicate why he would willingly stand in front of oncoming traffic. I won't bore you with the travel de- traveling details, but his apartment was surprising. I half expected a filthy, rundown place filled with half-eaten food and human waste given his obsessive and unstable state. I guess I just watched too many detective-slash-horror movies growing up. This place was immaculate. Everything was extremely clean and organized. Uh, He'd already packed up a lot of his material possessions into boxes with names on the front. Um, This was already beginning to look premeditated. Uh, He had a desk beside his bed. That was the only place in his room that showed any signs of lack of stability lack of sanity running off on his living conditions. Books on demonology, Mm. the science of sleeping, Mm. DMT, some sleeping pills, and a journal. Uh, His brother went through the boxes while I took a look at the journal. Uh, I'll I'll include photos later if I get permission from the family. Names will have been changed, and anything too personal will, of course, be blurred out. Uh, It initially contained legible, competent insights into his nightly journeys as he began to lucid dream. Which, I don't know if you've, like, researched lucid dreaming or know anything about lucid dreaming. I'm real into, like, Vanilla Sky is, like, one of my favorite movies, and that always makes me sound like a fucking asshole when I say that. But, um... I really like that movie. I love Vanilla Sky. I, I don't know too many people who know what Vanilla Sky is. It's very niche. Yeah. But anyway, um... But it, it kind of makes sense. Oh, like absolutely, that we're yeah. the type of people that would enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I just think lucid dreaming is really fucking interesting because I've had that experience. Like, I've, I've had a dream where, like, I know it's a dream and I fucking turn it around, but I continue fucking dreaming. 
And I'm just like... Okay, yeah, I mean, you know, I, like, yeah. Like, they say, you know, they're, like, lucid dreaming tips and, like, things to, like, think about. And, like, Django and I have talked about this in episodes. Um, I think 34 and 35. I love fucking referencing those episodes. But, yeah, I've always just been super, super into it. But as this other entity began to make himself more known and aware, the content shifts and the writing becomes hastily scrawled. Certain words appear larger than others. He questions himself on numerous occasions and draws the man's face more frequently as the journal comes to an end. The final entry is barely legible, but it details a conversation he had with the man in his dream and that a, a reminder that he would be with him always. After this, there is just a single word on the hardback of the journal, rewritten over and over, almost like it's been carved in. Dream. Which brings dream, us... Dream, <laughs> dream, 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 dream. I'm sorry, I, I love that yeah, song. I'm now picturing like... The, the word dream being carved in like <laughs> rainbow like like um not rainbow the like the seashell like going spiraling inward um I forget exactly what the artwork is called but you know you put on the 3D glasses and you're all stoned and you look at the, the <laughs> thing that's what I'm picturing this yeah. dream word becoming <laughs> like like a, I need my 3D glasses to look at the dream <laughs> it just makes me think of a little bit of uh it's still like I know he says not to think of Nightmare on Elm Street, but like it's hard fuck not to. Fucking a man. Yeah. Don't write a fucking story about a man in your dreams. <laughs> like number one, trope's been taken. Wes Craven beat you to it thirty years ago, forty years ago, actually. Yeah, forty years. ago. Which brings us to the final part of this story, the present. I'm sure you'd all love to discover that I'm actually cursed or that this story will follow some typical archetype of horror shorts and in mo I'm moments away from death, passing on a final message. But as I'm sure you're all coming to realize, that is not the case. I just woke up from a lucid dream. I've never had one before, nor do I know how I had one, but it was definitely a lucid dream. I was able to control my own reality, my own physical form, and everything around me. It was here I saw Milo. He approached me, slowly, and before I could even say anything, he asked me a favor. Pull the plug. Let me die. I was so taken aback that my rational thought process dissipated for a moment, and I wondered, was this perhaps a shared dream? I can't take the torture anymore, Rami. Please tell my family I love them, but I need to be let go. It's okay. You don't need to suffer anymore in the real world. I'll do what I can to convince them. I croaked, placing a hand on his shoulder. Milo's smile faded. I'm not talking about the torture there, Rami. I'm talking about the torture here. Without being able to wake up, he has complete control. I'm his new puppet, and he wants to play forever. 
He has no physical form. This is where he resides. This is where he plays. He looked over my shoulder and back at me with a sad smile on his face. Now he's chosen you as his new playmate. He knows you're going to take my place. Look at my journal again. Look at the drawings. You'll need to remember. He turned to walk away, leaving me feeling completely hopeless in my own lucid dream. Oh, and... Rami, don't turn around. I didn't, but my entire being was willing me to. It's that same feeling of anxiety you get when you're home alone at night and you have the feeling someone is watching you. A crushing, horrifying feeling. I woke up in a cold sweat and did as he said. I looked over the journal and in addition to scanning the drawings, I found a theory Milo had documented in between the pages of his journal. An idea is manifested through suggestive stories and cultural signifiers we can plant ourselves, a character, or a concept into our subconscious and our dreams with enough hints both subversive and subliminal. An idea, be it malicious or noble, can grow and manifest in one's mind before being shared to the masses through any kind of information supplement. The second section detailed a supporting theory. Within every story told, fictitious or semi-biographical, exists a universe that we have created that is as real as our own. For how can we truly know if our reality is more valid than the one we have created? How can we truly know we have not just been added into a story of our own by a neutral writer we know as God? This reality is as malleable and relevant as the one within which we dream. Our dream world, or coma world, it can be argued, are the realities and our concept of reality is but a dream in itself that our brain creates to escape the chaos, uncertainty, and pain of our dreams. You're probably painting a very good picture what is happening right now. I've attached an image of the man in this story, and I'm sure you're all familiar with him. If you are, you'll understand why I've done this, why I've made you aware. There is no Ramuel. In that name is a subliminal plant in itself. It means dreamer in Arabic. I described him perfectly for you as a defense mechanism against what is going to happen in the coming weeks, months, and years. I gave you plenty of physical aspects for your brain to put together. You only know a basic layer of who he is so that your brain can put in the key elements which will make you trust him. You know, it's funny, but what I found out that what Milo meant by dream, it's an acronym. Dream, Rami, evil, always manifests. That's where I got the idea for Rami. He exists now to help fight off him. Because you've read this, 
read my experience and Milo's. You are now aware on a subconscious level, and he needs new playmates. This is no warning. That implies you can do something to change it. You can't. Your dreams are his playground, not yours. You can shrug this off as another horror short if you like. If that makes you feel better and sleep easier. But he doesn't just strike the night you fall asleep. He strikes when you allow your dreams to become more open and easier to mold. He only enters when the reality is in flux. But with Ramuel in your head now too, you have a guide, a protector to help you. I didn't. At least Milo is at peace. Hopefully I will be soon too. I've been putting off sleep for days. I can't do it much longer. I'm beginning to feel drowsy. I took a large amount of sleeping pills before writing this last section. I can't put off sleep forever. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up or not, but at least you've all been warned about him. Feel free to reverse Google image search the hosted image. Learn about him. And if you feel a sense of familiarity, please be careful. Dream of Ramiel. You will be safe. I wish you all the best. You might not know my name or my face, but do not forget my story. I will do my best to answer any of your questions in the comments later. Do not forget about him, because believe me, he won't forget about you when you fall asleep. The worst thing about all of this, I'm not sure he stays in the dream world anymore. When Milo looked at me, I think I mistook his expression and his gesture. At the time, I thought he was crying and happy, stretching out a hand to sh shake my hand. Now I think he was terrified to see his worst fears manifested in the real world, and he was stretching out his hand to stop him getting to me in the real world. Why say this now? Well, I've been getting steadily drowsier and I've felt someone breathing down my neck for the last 20 minutes. Who knows? Maybe it's just my paranoia. Sweet dreams. Dream. <laughs> dream, 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 dream. Do you want to look at the picture? I do. I, do I have am, you seen this one? I have not. I'm fairly certain I know exactly what picture this is. Okay. Is this going to give you fucking nightmares? I'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> it is literally exactly... <laughs> okay, yeah, that's not going to give me nightmares. Okay. <laughs> I, find that, I find that very comical. Yeah, uh, I, knew ex I knew exactly about that one because there's a shorter story that this is based off of, which is probably why people think this story is so good. This was a Reddit No Sleep Month huh. winner. Um, people probably think the story is so good because years before, there was a creepypasta called Have You Seen This Man? And they describe it's a short story. We've even probably read it on the podcast, I just don't know which episode. Okay. It's somewhere in the first 20. I'm pretty sure it's with either Sir Booberry or Terry the Tickler. It's one of those two. And um, it's just called, like, Have You Seen This Man? And it's just the guy, it's like three pages, and it just explains that 
people all over the world have been having this phenomena of seeing the same guy in their dreams, and it kind of got, like, a little bit of groundwork, because people were like, I kind of have. Whether or not it was all just a thing, whatever. Yeah. Um... But the people who forgot about that story subconsciously remember that picture, so reading this new story probably brought it back up and made them kind of freaked out, or at least yeah. a little paranoid. Yeah. But um, we had read the story literally somewhere in the last year of this podcast, so oh. I know for a fact yeah. that the only reason I know that face is from the first creepypasta. Anyway, what did you think of that fucking story? Uh, I liked I, it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked the ending when you could hear the psychosis coming out, yeah. and I, I'm sure like... Oh, you, know, you had fun. Yeah, I had a, I had had a great a time. time. I was like... Because, you know, with the with my thing, it's like the ups fun. and the downs and the ups fun. and the downs. Yeah, it's like that's... No, when we commit, we go hard. And oh, yeah. I think that's I think that's the funnest part about the episodes, because um, I, know, I know Django commits, I know Sir Booberry commits, I know you commit, I know uh, Tenron Otrin absolutely commits, and um, it's just uh, gestalt, absolutely. We, we love to get into that, um, the darkest part of some of these stories, and just kind of act them out. And I know, like... The most harrowing example I have at this point is episode 80 is super important because we read Pen Pal. And Pen Pal is going to be like our longest episode to date because it's like an 80-page story all in one fucking episode. And um, the only reason is because I couldn't, I didn't feel right splitting it up. It's a story you sit through on a night when you need to feel it. And that story will fucking blow you the fuck over like a fucking tractor and it it's haunting but we had frowns and i i had to have him there to read the story with but we were like a hundred percent serious with reading it and yeah. it was just it was one of those stories that it just it leaves you breathless by the end that you're just you feel fucked up having read it but anyway we love going to that fucking place and seeing you have so much fun with yeah. that last story is, is just, it's a hoot. And I, I really liked that story. I thought it was super cool, um, albeit uh, unoriginal. It pretty much took that three-page story and turned it into a 20-page one. Yeah. Uh, and also followed a lot of characteristics of other stories that we mentioned yeah, throughout it, reading it, the story. It, yeah. um, it was pretty trope-heavy. It was pretty... Um, I didn't see that that twist at the end coming that like the narrator isn't even you know a person that they've just been misleading us the whole time like I thought that was cool. Well, I did think the name Ramuel was full of shit anyway. Yeah. So I mean it, it almost seemed like you could the the narrator was sincere but the narrator didn't have full control. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But that presents but that presents a fun narrative. I am going to grab one more beer before we start this one. It's 11-11, you sure? Grab me a cider. The next story we're reading is something I've had for a long time. It's not particularly important. At least I don't think it is. Because, um... I don't know. It's in the random list. It wasn't even in its own thing. That might have just been a length difference. Um, this could be a Reddit No Sleep winner. This could just be a completely random uh, No Sleep story. I'm gonna read this one, and you're gonna read for um, one of the voices. And, of course, I'm gonna make you read for the um, the little kid. Okay. So the, that, that first line, uh, this is the Ant King, by the way. Um, do not confuse this with 50-foot ant, because I would love to fucking read that, but it's 300 goddamn pages. Um, this is just something called the Ant King. 
Uh, male or female? I'm thinking this is a little kid, and uh, I'm gonna let you go with it. Son. Oh, fantastic! Hello, son. Buggy. It's just an ant. I remarked calmly as I felt it crunch beneath my shoe. Buggy, buggy! I picked my foot up and watched as the maimed and dying ant twitched and tried to run away. My son screamed <laughs> at the sight of it and fled to his bedroom. I couldn't understand why he was such a pussy. <laughs> Thank you. Why he was so afraid of insects, especially ants. He was 18. I was going to say 18. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, that would be a time. He but, was why is he such a pussy? <laughs> he was eight years old, for Christ's sake. He watched from the doorway to his bedroom, hugging a blanket as I plucked the dead ant off the floor and took it over to the trash can. You do realize that when you go outside, there are literally millions of insects out there with you, right? When you're playing in the front yard, there's probably hundreds of ants around you. You just don't notice. Thanks for traumatizing me, Dad. I'm never going outside again! He declared, slamming the door. You're being ridiculous, I said through the door. I hate buggies! You love caterpillars. They don't count! Look! Just use a shoe or a book or something. I'm not going near them. My wife, Lisa, came up behind me. What's going on? Brandon saw an ant. Oh, Brandon, honey, it's lunchtime. I'm not coming out. There's buggies out there. I killed the ant, Brandon, I said. Are there any more? He opened the door and peeked out. Not any that I can see. Lisa said, pushing his door open the rest of the way and holding his hand. Now come on and have lunch. I didn't say anything as she led him away, but I watched him looking all around desperately, sure that he was going to see another ant coming at him. Every spring our house develops a bit of an ant problem. I don't get where they get in, but we kill them left and right until Lisa gets fed up and calls an exterminator. They pop up for a couple more days afterward, then eventually disappear for the rest of the year. It was just the start of ant season. It was a Saturday and I was coming upstairs from the basement where I had been handling a, lo a load of laundry when I heard Brandon screaming. <laughs> I dropped what I was carrying and sprinted up the remaining steps through the kitchen and into the hallway where I heard him in the bathroom. Buddy! Oh, for fuck's sake. Just kill it, Brandon. No! His voice indicated full-on panic mode. Buddy, buddy! I was determined this time to resolve the fear of insects and make him handle the situation on his own. I'm not coming in. You're just gonna have to kill it yourself. He started screaming. <laughs> demanding I come in and save him. When that didn't work, he cried. <laughs> begging me. Save me, save me, buggy, buggy. I stood outside the bathroom door calmly, repeating to him over and over again, I'm not killing it. He started calling. I want mommy! If his mother had been home, she'd probably have finally come to his rescue. Mommy's at the store, Brandon. You're welcome to wait, though, or just pick up a book and squish the ant yourself. <laughs> this is this is like torturing the little child. Yeah, I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> no, please! Kill it! Kill it! I walked 
walked away. I didn't say another word. I just walked away. He heard me go, and his screaming and crying got louder and more shrill. He screamed again. He said things I couldn't make out, partially because he was halfway across the house. And partially because he was blubbering so much that he wasn't making any sense. Yeah, but you can't hear me fucking read. (laughs) Then I heard it. The sound I had been waiting for, a loud whump of something heavy and flat hitting the bathroom tiles and the squeak of the door opening and the scamper as Brandon sprinted out like the devil was after him. He jumped onto the sofa and covered himself with pillows. See, I said, you did it. Don't you feel better now? He didn't say anything. He just sobbed and hid. I went into the bathroom to clean up the ant. He had dropped the biggest, heaviest book he could find on it. Some fantasy novel Lisa had been reading. I picked it up to see what was left of the terrifying... buggy. Holy shit. Jesus. It was a big... An, an orangish brown looking monster of an ant about as big as my thumb. There was a weird pattern on its back, like a series of pale yellow dots. It was crushed, but still struggling to drag itself away, only its thorax was mashed to the floor. I held a heavy tome over it, ready to put it out of its misery, and for a second it seemed to turn, and did it look at me? I dropped the book. Then I dropped it again, just for safe measure. Looking at it again, it was not like any sort of ant I'd seen in the house before, and it made me really uneasy. Where had it come from, and worse, were there more like it? I shivered at the thought of those things crawling the walls, good on Brandon for killing that behemoth. If I had known how big it was, I would have been less inclined to make him do the deed himself, but I felt proud of him, taking care of it nonetheless. Grabbing my phone, I took a photo of the ant before wadding up some toilet paper and wiping it off the floor and book and then tossing it in the bathroom trash. Then I went and consoled Brandon in his pillow fort. That was a big ant. I know. He sniffled. I'm proud of you for killing it. I petted his head gently. I didn't know that they got that big around here. It was going to eat me. Nobody, nobody, nobody. I sighed. Our ants don't eat people. After Lisa got home and I helped her unload the groceries from the car and get everything put away, I told her about Brandon's run-in with the monster ant. It was big, I admitted. I'd never seen one that big. I showed her the photo on my phone. Jesus, she stared at the picture. I'm calling the exterminator. It was two weeks earlier than usual, but I didn't disagree. The next morning, Brandon woke up, bursting into our bedroom, screaming what was quickly becoming his catchphrase. Buggies, buggies! I was still mostly asleep, so I groggily rolled over and brushed him away. Come on, buddy. Just kill it yourself. You can do it. No! He shrieked. Buggies! Lots of them! Oh, shit. 
I jumped out of bed, my mind whirling with thoughts of more ants like the one in the bathroom the day before, all crawling all over our house. I pulled on some pants, looking around my bedroom, wondering if there were any in there with us right then. Nothing. Brandon ran out of the bedroom ahead of me, leading the way. He turned the corner into the bathroom and started up his shouting again. Buggies! Buggies! I breathed a sigh of relief. A line of small, normal-looking ants were crossing from somewhere behind the radiator on the far wall, past the tub, and up into the trash can. Just a procession of ants, moving with odd determination. What were they doing? Buggies! Brandon shouted. Ah, right. I grabbed a book off the counter and started squishing. The ants scattered, running in their typical confused patterns. And you know what I thought of? The fucking fun fact you told me on on your Odd Kids episode yeah. about ants not going near dead yeah, they, ants because they of their secrete the the aura. pheromones. Yeah. That is so fucking weird. And this, like, inhuman ant sends out, like, a fucking SOS beacon, and yeah. they come running, but why? Mm-hmm. Is it still alive? Maybe it's the king. The Ant King! <laughs> Name that somewhere. The ones that were on and in the trash can continue their march through, disappearing somewhere behind the sink. Within a few seconds, the parade dissolved into chaos with several dozen dead ants and the rest retreating or gone. Brandon was hopping around in the hallway in a panic, but he settled down quickly. I took him into the living room and got him set up with a bowl of cereal before going into the bathroom and cleaning up the dead ants. We definitely needed that exterminator. I had never seen the problem so bad before. Monday, I went to work. It was a school holiday, so Lisa and Brandon got to sleep in and relax, but my office was still open, so I took the opportunity to go in early with the plan to get out early and go home and take Brandon to the park for an hour or so. That was a beautiful day. Around noon, I called the exterminator to see if he could stop by the house later that day and spray for the ants. We'd been using the same exterminator for the past several years, so he knew us by name and knew we'd be calling sometime soon. I told him that we'd had a run-in with a new type of ant, something bigger like I'd never seen before. I told him how Brandon had squished it, and I'd even gotten a picture of it. Can you text me the photo? He said. You bet. I opened the picture on my phone and sent it his way. Just for your information, that thing was about as big as my thumb. Hang on, I'm looking. I sat there, the phone to my ear, waiting for him to express his shock at how big the ant was. Mother of God! I heard him exclaim. I know, right? No, you don't understand. His voice sounded weird. I'd known him for years now, and he never sounded like that, uh, frightened. This ant. Are you saying you killed it? Brandon squished it with a book. Why? Get your family out of the house. Right now. I felt a chill run over my entire body. Are these ants poisonous? Is that a fire ant? He didn't answer. His voice seemed to be trembling. Call your wife. Tell her to grab your son and get out of there. What's going on? My arms were starting to tremble. I felt a wave of panic and confusion wash over me. Is it some sort of infestation? Are there more like that in the house? No. There's only ever one like this. 
Then what's the problem? You never kill it. What? You never kill this ant. If you do... What? What happens? I had my work phone in my other hand, desperately trying to dial Lisa's cell phone number, but at the same time, my head was in a fog and I wasn't sure if I was punching the right numbers or not. On top of that, she had a bad habit of not answering her phone when I call. I don't know why she answers every other call, but when it comes to me, I always end up having to leave a voicemail. Every colony has a queen, you know? Yeah, was this a queen? Lisa's phone kept ringing. Come on, pick up, pick up. No. This is more like the king. I've never heard of an ant king. I'm not saying it's a king, just... Look, get, get your family out of the house. Lisa didn't answer. I called the landline. It rang and rang, and then I heard our voicemail intro and slammed my phone back into its cradle in frustration. I've gotta go, I told the exterminator. Go. Was all he said. The house was eerily quiet when I pulled up. Only the sound of our air conditioning unit broke the silence. My stomach was in knots, but even with the confused thoughts rushing through my head, I could sense what was wrong. There were no birds chirping, no squirrels making noises from the branches of the trees. Everything was dead silent. Sitting out on the lawn was Brandon's bicycle, tipped over. No, that was okay. He often left it like that when he had to run inside to use the bathroom or got called in for lunch. There's nothing ominous about a tipped-over bike. The front door was unlocked. That's okay, I thought. Just another sign he ran inside for some reason. Standing in the front hall where Brandon and Lisa's shoes were, I called their names. Nobody replied. The living room was cold. Lisa usually ran the air conditioning on hot days like the one until the inside was a reasonable temperature. Then she turned it off but nobody had turned it off this time. Honey? I said loudly as I instinctively turned off the AC. Brandon? Our cat Sebastian was lying in the middle of the living room. Or rather, Sebastian's bones were. He had been picked clean. Nothing left but tufts of black and white fur and his skeleton. I ran then, ran into the dining room, where the two of them had abandoned a lunch of soup and sandwiches. The table was covered with a swarm of black ants, just a carpet of moving bodies as they picked apart the sandwiches and carried the crumbs off. The moment I entered the room, the army of ants dropped what they were doing and converged, pouring off the table in waves toward me. I've never seen anything like it before. They just tumbled over each other to get to me. I felt a scream lodge itself in my throat and suddenly knew the terror that Brandon had felt when he had seen these buggies. Crazed and panicking, I stomped through the tiny attackers. They swarmed over my shoes. Even as their brethren were crushed beneath them, they moved so fast. Oh god, they just kept coming, tearing at the fabric and the laces and up toward my socks. I ran through them, just charged through, shouting at the top of my lungs, even as I felt them on my ankles and calves, swatting at my legs as I tried to keep them off of me but prevent them from getting onto my hands, one giant Gulliver versus hundreds of Lilliputians. 
Somehow I made it through to the other side of the dining room and into the kitchen. Ants were crawling up my legs and my pants, but I brushed them with my hands, never stopping to let the rest catch up. A dozen or so continued to pinch or bite at my ankles, and I tried to mash them against the insides of my shoe as I ran. In the far corner was a small fire extinguisher. I didn't even know if it worked, but I planned to find out. Pulling it from the wall without stopping, I held it up as I continued to retreat into the back hallway, reading the instructions. Jesus, don't let it be a fucking Mensa test just to use this thing. No, okay, there was just a pin I had to pull and then it was ready to use. The tide of angry ants skittered across the kitchen floor. There weren't many, just a hundred or so, just the leftovers of the ones who'd stuck around to loot the lunch from our table. Something bit me near the back of the knee, but I ignored it. I angled the nozzle of the extinguisher at the massive little fuckers, and with a roar, squeezed the handle, dousing them in white foam. Their assault was slowed by the cloud of chemicals. The entirety of the attacking force got a good dose, and with relief, I watched as they reacted with confusion and then hopefully agonizing death. Within seconds, every last ant had stopped moving. I reached behind me and pinched the one off the back of my leg, squeezing it till it popped. Fuck you. Lisa and Brandon. Oh god, please let them be okay. I found them in Brandon's room. Lisa had tried to keep the ants out by stuffing clothes under the door, but the ants had gotten in anyway. What was left of her? was curled up in a fetal position in the middle of the room on a blood-soaked rug. I guess the ants had found her harder to pick clean than the cat. They'd given up halfway. When I saw her, I fell to my knees, crying and horrified. My stomach was a knot and I vomited before I realized I was going to. A noise from the closet brought me back to my senses. Brandon? I whispered, still afraid that I hadn't seen the last of the ants. Buddy, are you in there? I crept past Lisa's remains and pulled open the closet door slowly, fearfully. Brandon was propped up against the wall, seemingly unharmed. He just stared off into space, his mouth hanging open, his body slowly rocking back and forth. I stood between him and Lisa. I didn't want him to see his mother's corpse. Oh God, buddy, I whispered, kneeling down to try and get him to look at me. It's going to be okay. We gotta get out of here. He made this noise, like a gurgling noise. <laughs> that was really good. Brandon, I leaned forward and touched his arm. And then I saw the way the front of his t-shirt was moving, and the dark, wet stain. And then I saw that the ants, the ants in the far back of his mouth, and the ants that crawled out from under his eyelids, and the ants that started pouring out over the neckline of his shirt with pieces of his insides. And I ran. I ran so far away. <laughs> I ran out of that house, just got in my car, and fled. I don't sleep these days. 
I don't sleep anymore. Yeah. These ants. There's ants. I don't sleep these days. <laughs> there's ants everywhere. And I don't know if they're still hunting me. I kill them every chance I get. I don't take joy in it. I do it simply for self-preservation. So far, they haven't tried to fight back. I don't know what I'd do if I ever saw another one like the one in the bathroom that day. Whether I'd let it live or kill it and run the risk of invoking their wrath again. I think I might kill it. For Brandon. Buggies. Buggies! Well, he didn't seem to really love his family in the first place, so like... Yeah. <laughs> that's such a shitty thing to say at the end of the story, but like, let's be honest. Didn't, yeah, you're, didn't you're, really tor feel you're for torturing the, your son with an ant. Didn't really feel for the whole B-movie horror <laughs> that it was delivering, but like... Yeah. But I did like it. Yeah, it was, it was a mean, fun. It was, it was a fun read. It was a well-told story, uh, although thank, I thank think, you, <laughs> yeah, I think that the uh, the topic of the story was a little lackluster. Because um, like ants, yeah, it's like, like no matter. It could have been spiders. <sighs> spiders probably would have been a little more fear striking. Uh, although I personally am not afraid of spiders, I just know that many people are. Um, depends on the spider, I suppose. Also true. Um. Yeah, I mean, no matter how many ants there are, even if they bit you, it's such a... It's like getting a hair follicle plucked, you know? Like, yeah, that would take a long time for them to break your skin. And, like, yeah. this story didn't take place in fucking Africa or Australia, you know? Like, this was America, and in America there are, like, two types of ants. And they're really, <laughs> Red and, and black. And they're really fucking small, and they don't yeah. do shit. If this was Africa, like, I'd fucking believe you because, you know... Uh, yeah, you... Bullet ants. the size of your thumb. Bullet ants ha yeah. are on the pain index scale at, like, a fucking 12. <laughs> you know? That, that shit's yeah. dialed to 11. That's like getting punched by a small person. A, an <laughs> ant-sized person. An ant, an ant king, if you will. Yeah. But anyway, um... It's a little too unbelievable. I think... I think spiders are too on the nose, but then again, I don't really... Spiders would have been so cliche. I don't really give a shit about bugs in the first place. I think it yeah. doesn't... It's not about the specifics, not really. Um, it's about how you use them, and using them like piranha is um, not scary. Yeah. Because it's illogical. I think the first story we read was f fantastic. Uh, I think the second one, like I said, it was very well written. Yeah. Um... You know, like it the, was good. It was, it was a good suspenseful. Read. It was. It was a good read. It was. It was written well. The yeah. dialogue. The dialogue was fun. To, it to it built back. up. You kind of understood what was going to happen. Yeah. But. But I mean, it, nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new thing. That's a new. That's a new reaction I've been having. Um, the stories have been rather unsurprising lately, and that doesn't huh. mean they're bad. You know. Yeah. yeah. Just expected. Mm -hmm. You know, to be expected. Bedtime, very to be expected. Um, the Ouija board stories we just read on the last two episodes, to be expected. But, um, nothing wrong with a good stereotype. Not so really. Yeah. Asshole dad. Tired kid. Yeah. It's like, I'm sick of your bullshit, you're eight years Freddy, old. Freddy oh, Krueger. fuck, now you're dead. 
Night Nightmare Unibrow. Yeah. You know. Whatever, man. I still I I had a lot of fun. This was a fun episode. Yes, it was. Uh, do do you feel like um, do you feel like, I mean, I think this is your, this is your last episode before we see you on the other side, of the one hundo. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Most likely, yeah. So um, unless we'll I get see, lucky at like ninety seven, ninety. We'll see you. But this was still like a fun episode, and I want to know like. After the 100th, like, do you see yourself being more into reading shorter stories, or do you want to just go back into doing something long? I prefer the long stories. Yeah, because I got, I got something fucking planned for you, and I okay. know and I know you're going to be into it. Okay. The fucking Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. The fucking Alzheimer's oh, story. Where am I? It's, <laughs> it's just a, a guy who goes through the alphabet, and he... Forgets He remembers... <laughs> he remembers... Things in his life, I think, and he remembers them by going through the alphabet. So, like, he has Alzheimer's and he wakes up every day and he's just like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and he like remembers what each of them mean and it helps him, like, yeah, remember. Okay. But I think some of them, I think the point of the creepiness of that story is like some of those things tell him, like, not to remember. Yeah. To like stay away from certain things and people. Yeah. Yeah, you can get behind that, can't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, there's there's some uh, there's some people in my life that I wish weren't in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and if you were gifted Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, then then I could forget those people in my life and be like, who are you? <laughs> Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> oh, this was a fun episode. This was lots of pasta with. Where am I? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I have to death. work in the morning. <laughs> oh God damn it. <laughs> I didn't know Disco Dracula was here. <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, Anything you want to say before we sign off? Um. No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that's, that's what I got. Cut. Yeah.